0: Are you ready to live the all-in life? Then welcome to the All In Podcast Show, sharing the defining moments of impact-driven entrepreneurs, industry pioneers, and transformative leaders as they showcase their defining moments and went all-in on their business and found true success. From the early steps in their journey to the moment they truly took their commitment to their life and business to another level, we'll give you the insight you need to go all-in on your dream life. Now here's your host, Daniel Giordano.
1: Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, today, I'm excited to share with you uh, Kent Ritter and his story uh, and his journey with commercial real estate, raising a family, and uh, I'm sure there's been some challenges and hurdles throughout that that you've had to overcome, but I, I'm excited to have you here. Welcome to the show.
0: Yeah, thanks, Daniel. I'm excited to be here today.
1: All right. Well, I like to uh, always hear like a little bit about your background. Like, Where did you grow up? What was family life like?
0: Sure. So I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, you know, right here in the Hoosier state, you know, you're handed a basketball when you come out of the womb. And uh, so I, I grew up a huge IU fan, right? IU basketball and all that good stuff. And uh, kind of grew up in a pretty, pretty blue collar family. My, my mom was a teacher. Uh, my my dad worked for an insurance company. And, uh, you know, we had, we, I would say that you know, I never wanted. Well, I'd say I never needed. I, I wanted, but I never needed. And uh, but outside of that, you know, I I had a, a lot of friends. I think who, who had more wealth uh, than I did. And. And just had, had the shiny things and maybe had bigger Christmases and things. I always think about that as we come around the holidays. And it's cool now because with my kids, I'm able to give them kind of the, this big Christmas. And I think in some ways I live like vicariously through them in, in that way. But, but I also, as, as I've been reflecting more, I think that's part of what's given me the drive that, that I have is, is that this idea that I you you know, I I had that wanting, uh, when I was a kid and, and kind of have have continued to grow up with that and always wanted more and bigger and and better and kind of things. And, And, and not just in a material way, but I think to a certain extent that that does, you know, drive us in some ways as well, but yeah, I grew up as a, you know, kind of blue collar, uh, went to IU, uh, studied finance and economics, uh, at Indiana university. And, uh, then after I graduated, I, uh, became a management consultant, moved to Chicago, uh, and started traveling every week, Monday to Thursday, You know, traveling to different cities all across the country. I've been to every state but two uh, in the US, worked in, in all those states, and, uh, and I spent 12 years as a management consultant, basically helping companies solve big problems that they couldn't solve themselves. And so it was just a really great experience and kind of case study after case study of what makes businesses work, what makes businesses not work, You know what to do, what not to do, seeing it hundreds of times over, and you start to see themes that emerge. And I've been able to take those themes and really apply those into my own business. Uh, In 2010, started uh, my own business with a few partners. Uh, It was a boutique management consulting firm, really niched down into a specific area and a specific technology. And we grew that uh, and we sold that in 2015, at that point, we'd grown up to 95 employees and 30 million in annual revenue, and we decided it was the right time to exit. So we sold that uh, New Year's Eve to 2015, and that really started my real estate career because I had capital from selling that business. Uh, you know, I didn't quite know what my next adventure was, but it, you know, it really started out about diversification and about not having my eggs in one basket in the stock market. And so I started looking into real estate, educating myself. You know, consuming all the podcasts and books and things I could and really fell in love with it. And um, yeah, and then kind of the rest is history.
1: Right. So, so what was it? I mean, you said you had the, uh, the capital, you know, uh, to, to back you to actually move into something, but what was it about real estate that made you go that route?
0: Yeah, you know, so as I was looking for alternative investments, you know, I already had I'd been actively investing in the stock market for years. That was that was what I focused on at IU. Was really in finance, was in investing. And so uh, you know, was really was really into that, but knew I didn't want all my eggs in one basket, right? And so I was looking for diversification first of all. And so something that, that was not correlated with the stock market. Um and I was looking for something that could provide cash flow that would uh you know allow me to, to continue to have cash coming in while I was kind of figuring out what my what my next adventure was going to be. Uh, I was looking for something that had had great appreciation because overall uh you know I wasn't comfortable uh with with where with where we were just from a, a pure wealth standpoint. I wanted to c- continue to grow that I wanted to continue to uh you know to 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 expand that and build a nest egg for my family and then you know my kids and, and ultimately my grandkids is my goal. Uh, And then, you know, and then as you think about things selling businesses and whatnot, you think about tax savings and and how can you uh, reduce your overall tax burden? And and real estate checked all those boxes for me. So as I was looking at things, I said, wow, it really uh, meets all those. It's non correlated, it provides cash flow, it appreciates. You know, it's a great inflation hedge in that way. And and there's a lot of tax advantages in doing it. And so I started out investing. I started investing with others. I started investing passively in, in other people's deals that were going out and buying large apartment buildings and large warehouse projects. Uh, and really just fell in love with the process. And I started seeing the returns come back in. And, and it was like, wow, I, I had no idea that this type of investing existed, that you could go and invest in other people's projects. You know, I thought of investing in real estate as being a landlord, right? You buy a single family home and you deal with tenants and termites and toilets and, and all the other teas. Uh, and so it's just a, a world kind of opened up to me of these new investment opportunities and, and that you could just frankly perform a lot better and make a lot more money than, than what people are traditionally aware of.
1: Right. Okay. So, so if someone's listening to this right now and they're in that transition space or they've considered, you know, investing in real estate, right. um, At, you know, in the, in the commercial sector, right. What would be some things you'd share with them, you know, that were like your initial steps, right. I know you said you started, you know, investing in, you know, passively with uh, other people's projects and stuff that, you know, like, did Mm -hmm. you get a mentor? Did you attend a, you know, some type of training, you know, what were, what were the steps that you would share with people here? And I'm sure you have your own process that we're going to share here. So.
0: Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I did all of those things. So I started investing uh, with other people, right. um, For two things. One was just initially just for the returns. And then, as I built relationships with those deal sponsors, those people running the deals, uh, I began to, to start to be able to, you know, ask questions and learn from them, and kind of use some of them who who were more open, kind of as, as quasi mentors. You know, even though I was investing, I was using it as a learning experience as well. Later on in in my investing process, I I, I made that very transparent up front. I said, you know, I want to invest with you, but I also want to use this as a learning experience. And so, I invested with a with a few different sponsors. Uh, to be able to get different flavors, right? Because people do things different ways and, and I wanted to kind of understood what I liked and what I didn't like and what worked. And, and, I, and I think what it gave me was a great perspective as an investor to say, well, as an investor, I don't like when the sponsor does this or as an investor, I like when the sponsor does this or I like how they communicate in this way. And able, and now I've been able to adapt those things into my own business. So, so one, just investing and using that experience. Two, I, I started just listening to a ton of real estate podcasts. that was really where, where I first started. and then that led to books and then um, that led to conferences and attending you know five to ten conferences a year on different real estate subjects. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I really got serious and this was something I knew I wanted to do full time. and then uh, and then I did I, I went through uh, two mentorship kind of formal mentorship programs and, and I still have uh, you know one of those mentors today. Uh, then I've, then I've developed other mentors al- along the way as I've now launched my own business. And, you know, you, I don't, I, I think you always need mentors and coaches uh, to help you lead you in the path uh, and people who have done what you're trying to do. Right. Cause right. Tony Robbins says success leaves clues and it really is true.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so if you were to look at um, that defining moment you know, I know I've read your story, but obviously people uh, here have not heard it yet, right? So that defining moment for you related to family, like that all-in moment when you made the decision you're going to do something different for you know, you know, and your family. Um, yeah. You Want to share a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, happy to. So, uh, you know, so I was a management consultant, right? And, and even after we sold, so we sold our management consulting business to a larger management consulting firm. And when you do that, uh, you you have to go and work for that company for for a period of time, and so I had sold the business. Um, I was still on the road all the time, you know, Monday through Thursday, and and my wife and I at that point we we had had uh, our first daughter, and you know there was just there was a moment of uh, I was up early, you know, by six a.m. flight out of O'Hare, sitting on the tarmac, and just thinking about. Uh, you know, what, what the hell am I doing? Like, I've got this beautiful wife and baby at home, and, and I'm flying off to some other city somewhere, and I'm not going to see him for four days. And and I had this picture in my mind of, of like, when my daughter grows up, like, it was kind of this image of, well, you know, oh, what, what did you, you know, how is your dad? And and really, the response was, well, well he was gone a lot. I, I didn't you know, he was gone a lot and that it just devastated me honestly. And, and kind of, so as the plane's taken off, I just have this like heart sink moment of like, yeah, that's not the type of dad I want to be. Uh, that that's not who I want to be. And I want to be there for all of her amazing events and activities and recitals. And, and I just I want to be present. And I think that, and to me, that that's more important than the work. And so I recognized that the place I was in, that wasn't gonna be possible. And so I realized something had to change. And that was when I, I kind of made the decision that I needed to find, you know, a different way. Uh, and that all was relating into real estate investing, but that was really the point where I was like, okay, I think I can do this real estate investing full time and I be my path to get off the road and and have more freedom.
1: Right. Awesome. And I think it's important for those listening, you know, to hear the why behind you know the things that we do. You know, and sometimes there's those pivotal moments that change the trajectory of our lives and our family's lives uh, and the people that you get to impact. So it's important because I think a lot of times people just look at the dollars, right? And they get distracted thinking that when I have that, then this will be all good at home. And that's not necessarily yeah. the case,
0: right? No, it's not. I mean, and that's the thing is is you know, management consulting is a very lucrative career. I'll just be honest mm-hmm. with you. You know, I was making multiple six figures. Uh, had had great bonuses, and you know I could have lived a very financially comfortable life doing that. And it was something I was familiar with. I'd done a long time. I'd worked my way up to the top. You know, sold a firm, and then up to the top of another firm. Uh, and so it, it was a huge shift to say, okay, I'm going to leave all that behind, all that financial security, and I'm going to I'm going to start investing on my own, and and start and start then start building my own business uh, from scratch. And yeah, everybody thought I was crazy. Nobody, no, nobody I knew, I'd say outside of my wife, who who did believe in me from the start. I, I give her credit for that. Uh, everybody was like, "What the hell are you doing? Why? Why would you want to do that? Why would you leave this job?" But it just, it, it was it, it, in my heart. I knew it was the right thing to do.
1: And then, if we were to look at, obviously, you had this uh, great ride in the consulting industry, right? And we're able to, you know, exit that with some cash to make that transition into the real estate world. Um, and as you've been building this, you know, this side of what you're doing now in the real estate, real estate investment space, let's talk about like some of the deals that maybe didn't pan out as well as you thought, right? Cause I think a lot of times, you know, these people, uh, people think that, you know, you just went from A to Z and there were no problems or challenges, right? And I'm sure yeah. you've experienced them, but being that you're in the consulting game, you realize that there's always a solution, right? But I'm sure you've had some problems or challenges that, you know, can you share any of that of, you know, maybe some roadblocks you've hit or some bad yeah. things that may have happened?
0: Sure. I, and I think before I share that, I think it's probably important for folks to understand exactly what I do. So so what mm-hmm. I do is what my company does is we um, we bring in private investors and we create investment opportunities. Uh, and what we do is we go out and, and purchase large apartment buildings, and they're value add projects, meaning we are renovating those properties, and then we're we're holding them for a period of time while we take the cash flow off the properties, and and then we sell them, uh, and we share all those returns, you know, with the investors. And so, really, it, it's an investment vehicle. Mm-hmm. And um, so, when you're dealing with real estate, I mean, real estate is is all about solving problems. I mean that's that's really what it what it is. You're, it's not that it's not if you're going to run into a problem, it's when, and, and it's how effective are you at kind of mitigating and then solving those problems, uh, will will determine how successful you are. And so so yeah, I mean th- things come up all the time. Um, you know, we we at the beginning outline a five year business plan. You know, and, and this pro forma and budgets and 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 kind of renovation plans and how we're going to go through and do that. Um, but you know, they they are our best educated guests at the time when you really have the least amount of information, right? You don't even own the property yet when you're projecting out what you think is going to happen, uh, and you learn a whole lot the first six to months to a year of owning a property. Um, you know, about how those projections are are really going to pan out. And and if anybody tells you that they have a clearer crystal ball than that, I mean, they're lying to you. Um, And so you're going to, you're going to run into things. For example, um, you know, besides fire, water is probably the number two that, that can is costly and can cause damage on, on your property. And, you know, we, we had an, an example on, on a property we owned where uh, is in Louisville, Kentucky. And the thing about Louisville, Kentucky is, is water bills only come out every other month. And so you don't have a lot of insight into, um, you know, what's happening with the water on your property in, in the meantime. And uh, we got a water bill and it was like three or four times what it should have been. You know, from what we had experienced historically and even had records going back to the past owner. And so we're like, wow, what, you know, what's going on here, we got to figure this out. And, uh, you know, so we, we talked to the tenants, you know, there's, there's no actively, like the hardest thing is when there's a leak and there's no puddle, you know, how do you know where the leak is? Right. And so we, um, you know, so we had to go through a process to, to figure that out. And first thing we did was we, we hired a leak detection Company as kind of a knee-jerk reaction, just saying, "Wow, we got to get this thing solved." And no matter what we spend, it's going to be worth it because you know our water bill is a couple thousand dollars more than it should be. And so we we paid a company something like nine hundred dollars to come out and do a leak detection thing. And they were on site for I want to say maybe half an hour and said, "Oh yeah, no, no, your leaks here. You fix this, you'll be all right." Um, well, we did it. We we fixed uh, the one that they they did find leaky toilet, and uh, you know, but the water bill didn't go down. And they're like, oh, and what's going on, right? And we we dropped $900 on these guys. They were on site for a half hour and they didn't really fix our problem. And so then we we had to kind of take it into into our own hands and had to go through a process to figure out, well, exactly where the leak was. And, you know, we essentially walked all the units, listened for leaks and we shut down the water and turned the water on one at a time to each unit and started to see where that, where the dial starts spinning when well, we knew nobody was, was running water. And so we, we just had to narrow it down and problem solve to figure that out. But I mean, I, I learned a ton in that. And, and I think nowadays they have these leak detection sensors that you can put on, on toilets and sinks and things that, that uh, shows, you know, m- that warns you if, if there's a certain amount of flow over what is expected right. and uh, they're not that expensive. And I mean, if you're, you know, it was costing us three or $4,000 a month in water. And so it was, you know, well spent to, to do some uh, prevention through some leak detection devices.
1: Right. So there's so one example. The, yes. And what was the problem?
0: The problem? Well, there are multiple, mm. there are, there are multiple leaking toilets. Uh, and the problem with a leaking toilet is that, you know, it, it just, it leaks right into the drain there. There's no mm. puddle. And so, and if a resident isn't, and, and the other problem was, was the past owner wasn't very responsive to the residents. And so he had trained the residents to not tell him what the problems were, because yeah, if yeah. they told him he didn't fix them. So, you know, the, hundred percent is true that you, you have to train your residents, uh, to to tell you what's going on, and you do that by when they tell you, you fix their problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, that hadn't happened on the property yet. We only owned the property for for about six months, and so um, so nobody told us, right? And so um, so there was, you know, the lesson learned is, is make sure you're really clear about that, and make sure you show quickly the type of owner you're going to be by by fixing people's problems when they come up, so that so they tell you about them, they just let them fester.
1: Right, that's good. It's a good lesson there. Um, So let's fast forward a little to what's your what's the big vision for you?
0: I mean, the the big vision is is just to continue to grow the the business and to continue to scale. And we've um, you know we've completed eight eight acquisitions up to this point. So we've acquired eight properties. So we've got a good base under us. You know, we know what we're doing. We've got the strategy. It's really about rinsing and repeating and, and growing. And, you know, I came, uh, something I kind of skipped over was I spent about 15 months working for uh, a mentor of mine, uh, in a, a large multifamily private equity firm. They had about 15,000 units at the time. And again, it was a great learning experience for me. I call it kind of my real estate MBA. And, um, you know, I was able to do a lot of cool things there because of the scale that they had related to. I, I led a technology initiative at the firm because I, I came from a tech background. We were implementing smart tech on the properties, thermostats, locks, um, cameras, uh, implementing self guided tours so people could actually come and tour a property without uh, being shown around. They actually had an app on their phone that was like a curated tour of the property really cool stuff, which you can do at that scale. So for me, it's all about scaling up to be able to again engage in some of that really cool technology. Um, and also scaling up just to be able to, to take advantage of, um, you know, the, the economies of scale that come with, with multifamily. So it's about going out. And for me, my goal is to acquire a thousand units next year and also build, um, at least hundred units. And we, we have a couple of development projects uh, in the works right now as well where we're going to be building ground up. So it's really just about scaling. It's about finding good people to partner with from an equity standpoint and finding great properties and, and hitting the returns out of the park for our investors.
1: Awesome. So as we start to close this out, what would be one thing that you'd like to share with people aside from obviously, you know, how they find out more about you? Like what's the big, big thing you would advise somebody on?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that it's similar to what we were, we were kind of talking about, but before this is both of us were, were in jobs where we, the, our, our job and the re, and, and having to trade our time for money was limiting both of our abilities to be the type of, of fathers that we wanted to be. Right. And so whatever your goal is that, that you're not achieving right now, whether it's, you know, whether it's retiring earlier, or it's just being able to to have more time at home, or it's take more vacations or send your kids to college. um, I think that there's a path to get you there. Uh, And so, but it's all about just taking action and and starting to do it. And a lot of that starts with getting over the limiting beliefs that are in our own heads. And and I've had to get over a heck of a lot of limiting beliefs in my own head to be able to do do what I've done. you know the limiting beliefs of myself and of others as people are telling me you know I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> and so you know what I would say a couple tips. One, uh, uh, as bad as this is going to sound, it's your, your family and friends are not going to be the ones that are going to tell you to hey jump off that cliff. You've got to find people with a similar mindset. And so you got to see you got to seek people out. You got to seek entrepreneurs out or people that are doing things differently uh, than 90% of people are doing. Uh, because the 90% of people that are doing it are not going to tell you to, to do something different. Right. And, and, and so that you got to find people that are going to support you in that way. Um, two, you just, you have to take action. I think that, you know, what, what's, what's the quote, like, you know, done is better than perfect or, or something, right. There's multiple examples of that, but you know, I, I'm a recovering perfectionist, I would say, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I had, I started a podcast that's uh, called Ritter on real estate. And if I was waiting for that thing to be perfect, I would still be waiting. I mean, it it is a work in progress. I mean, I'm a heck of a lot better now on episode, I think we're on like 78 than I was at episode one. It's really cringy to go back and listen to those first ones. But, (laughs) you know, it's all about improving through iteration, right? You just, you do it and you get better over time, but you got to get started. So if you're, if you're sitting on the fence waiting for some moment uh, or some uh, sign that's going to tell you to get started, like this is it. That's the sign. Get started. Um, and and then lastly, like there's just from a real estate standpoint, I mean, I truly believe that real estate and specifically for me, multifamily real estate is the best risk adjusted return out there. I mean, it's stable it cash flows. It appreciates, um, and, you know, I've experienced more wealth through real estate investing than I have in all the years that I was investing in the stock market. And so, again, it's something that a lot of people don't do. It's something a lot of people don't know about. I think it's becoming more and more mainstream. But whether you're going to invest with somebody else, like, like, you know, my company or, or another company, or you're going to do it yourself, I think there's a, a space for real estate in everybody's portfolio. And, and the only other data point I'll give is like, if you look at the top, you know, whatever, hundred, 400 richest people in the world. I mean, and you look at their allocations of real estate. I mean, it's somewhere between 20 and 40%. And then you ask the average Joe, well, what's your allocation of real estate? Zero. So, you know, if it's working for those people um, then I think it'll work for you as well.
1: Right. Awesome. Well, great stuff. Uh, and uh, what's the best way for people to connect with you?
0: Just Kentritter.com. You can just go to, go to my website, uh, it's just my name and you can access everything from there from my podcast to investor resources. You can, you can sign up to invest if you're interested. Uh, we do a weekly blog as well, all about real estate topics. So if you just want to get educated on real estate, it's a good source. And, and if you want to make an investment, it's a good source as well.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for taking the time to be here and uh, continuing to share your message with the world. And, um, I'm excited to, uh, see this uh, next year, you know, and when you crush it with those goals that you laid out here and, you know, setting an example by obviously living it every day. And, you know, more importantly, you know, being there for your family and uh, what's important to you. So thank you for being here today.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Daniel. Had a lot of fun. We want to thank you for being all in with us on today's episode of the All In Podcast Show. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, as well as ways to connect to our guests, head to allinpodcast.com. That's available exclusively on allinpodcast.com.